Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we trudge through the tree lot and chop down a tree of knowledge from Hospitality's All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most long-winded, uh, but creative intros yeah, we've had. It's seasonal. Yeah, very seasonal. seasonally appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so recently Tim and I were generating some video content for the show. That's right. We are turning our Danny's special guest cocktails into videos that you'll be able to follow along with on social media so you can make them at home yeah and hopefully they're edited in such a way uh so as they don't seem as awkward as they felt to film did you feel awkward in front of the game we were in yeah danny had home court advantage we, we shot them downstairs at scofflaw <laughs> i did have them but tim had a personality advantage i did well i'm i'm a Tim's veteran. A natural. Yeah. I'm an industry veteran. He has veteran. a deep history of being it's in true. films. It's true. When I was a child, I was a movie star, actually. Yeah. Um, I starred in a know. film with Tom Hanks. Gina Madonna, Davis. Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell, um, yep. John Lovitz. Oh. All-star cast, Tim Tierney. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I really, I was bumping elbows with the stars at a young age. I was five years old. You've probably guessed by now I'm talking about A League of Their Own. <laughs> Classic <laughs> flick, which I rewatched about a year ago, and it really holds up. It, it's great. It's a good the end one. always gets me. Oh, yeah. It's gets very, me very, choked up. It chokes me up. Uh, anyways. Someone who's not shy in front of the camera or the microphone is our guest this week, mm-hmm. Billy Zurichat, also known as Tripping Billy. Yeah. The real uh, Billy Z. The real Billy Z. Not yeah. to be confused with Billy Zane. No. Different guys. Different guys. Uh, Billy's got a very inspirational story. He was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy about a year and a half ago and has kind of worked to find the silver lining in in that situation and is uh, using food collaborations as a way to get the word out. He's working with the MDA, Muscular Dystrophy Association. He's the Illinois ambassador Mm -hmm. and kind of the... Yeah, they asked him. Yeah, the face of the association Mm -hmm. to spread the word. So he's doing it through through food collaborations. He's got a long list of of food collaborations where a portion of the proceeds go to uh, benefit the MDA. Um, I believe the first one was his like signature pizza with Polly G's, a mm-hmm. Detroit style pizza. It's really delicious. It's really good. He brought us one, and it it's great. I took the rest home and downed it. I didn't tell you that, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> it I wouldn't put it past you, baby. Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, but anyway, without further ado, here's our conversation with Tripping Billy. Thank you, Billy Z, for joining us in the studio. Uh, Billy was kind enough to bring us one of his creations, a beautiful pizza. A delicious pizza. And from what I understand, the ingredients here are, are kind of expressed in all the collaborations, right? Kind of, it's, not, maybe not every it, time. Not every time. It, it was basically, this is the, this pizza, my namesake pizza, the Trippin' Billy. Um, yeah. It became the reason I have a platform. And I thought it would be really cool to... You know, I, I, I started doing that initial pizza, the Trip and Billy, and then I took it around to a couple other other pizza spots. And then I started doing sandwiches and then, you know, cocktail collaborations. I started doing other things, but I, you know, I wanted a constant reminder to, of this pizza, which yeah. is the most unique thing that I really created. And I thought it'd be really cool to have like a little hat tip to it. So I, I created what I call the Tripping Billy Tour. But off of that, the base of the pizza is a shishito pepper cream sauce. It's, so shishito peppers have, I've just become synonymous, synonymous with the shishito pepper. Hmm. 
where I've actually created a logo and I'm I'm an actual shishito pepper. Like that's that's <laughs> what it became down to. So love that. I've done spinoffs though of the pizza. I have uh, actually a Goose Island right now. It's tonight's the actual last night, but it ran for two months. We have a Tripping Billy Burger, and it was a burger, ba- a smash burger based off of this pizza. It looked like it. It tasted like it. It was pretty wild. Um, and I have more things in the works coming next year when I do like a Trippin' uh, trip Billy grilled cheese. I had a, a sandwich called the Drippin' Billy. <laughs> I, you could just add ING and then my name and anything works. So like, you know, my, my glue company is coming next year, the Grippin' Billy. So it's like, it's, it's all coming together. So. Nice. Um, yeah, so we've got the shishito pepper cream, sh- cream sauce and then run us through the rest of the pizza that, um, we, that we got. So the base is shishito pepper cream sauce, which is shallots, garlic, shishito peppers, um, heavy cream, mozzarella, uh, not uh, parmesan, and uh, nutmeg. That's the base of it. And it's topped with mozzarella cheese, cheddar cheese, corn, pickled jalapenos, uh, and then it's finished with scallions and then whole roasted shishitos on top for garnish. Awesome. And how do you get the kind of caramelized crust on the outside? So that is, the original pizza is a Detroit-style pizza, Mm -hmm. and so Detroit-style pizzas are known for their cheesy edges. So you take cheese and you push it into, they're usually made in a uh, blue steel pan, um, usually imported from Detroit, or there's another brand called Lloyd Pans. It's pretty big, but you take your cheese and you push it up against up into the corners up against the edges and you mm. build like a exterior wall around it and then ah. it bakes in there in there and then once you take it out of the oven you let it settle for a few minutes and cool down once it solidifies you're, you you could take like a flat spatula and it should slide right out and then then end up having um, what's called a frico like it's like a cheese crown it looks you like you want that frico yeah that's when i walked in you're like hey i was i looked upset and i was complaining about it it was because that my like the pan something was off today yeah and the texture like wasn't right go yeah thanks thanks i mean yeah, it, it was great. not great like, crisp on there thank you i just i have a different standard i guess yeah. you know you just get you've made so much and like i guess that's why i've been you know successful in a way because i like i obsess about these things i yeah, want to make sure course. it's done right you know that's what it takes yeah, yeah. so you learned <clears throat> your pizza making skills from poly g's well ba- right? basically yeah i i started um I started out cooking in my like late twenties. I would say like early on, just basic stuff, but just like basic cooking, nothing, nothing crazy. Following recipes and and you know really never deviating from them. And then I got more comfortable and I graduated from that. Didn't need it anymore. I started understanding flavors and you know making things on my own, getting more confidence. And then I wanted to start baking, and I always wanted to do savory baking, yeah. bread baking, pizza making. Pauly G's opened up in, I believe, 2017, and that's I, I went there one night with some friends, and we had their wood-fired pizza, and we also had their Detroit-style pizza, and I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, I also met Derek Tong, the owner of Pauly G's, for the first time that night, too, because he came around greeting everybody at the tables and to make sure everything was cool, and... I thought that was amazing. I like I returned it to my dad for some reason. Like I'm like, oh wow, that's good service. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was all like, oh that man, that's a, that's the kind of owner you're such a such a watch to. And so I was all pumped up. Like man, he's just a nice guy. So I was blown away with that experience. So a couple weeks later, I just shot him a DM on Instagram. I'm like, hey, you know, I I, I dined in a few weeks ago. I love what you're doing. Um, I've been wanting to get into pizza making. Would you have any tips? And he was gracious enough to um, invite me in, and he said, "Hey, come on, I'll, I'll give you some tips and stuff." So he gave me, told me like where to get the pans, and the, taught me some basic concepts. Didn't give me no recipes or anything, mm-hmm. but just some basics. And at that point, he just kind of became my mentor over the years, where I would start making pizzas at home and practice, and 
I end up uh, just bringing him, I'd like bring him slices or bring him whole pies that I make. Is he based here in New York? Or? Yeah, he's based here. So Derek, Derek Tung is the owner of Pauly G's. The original Pauly G's franchise started in New York. So Pauly G himself is in Brooklyn. Got um, it. Okay. So that's where Pauly G started. The Logan Square location was a franchise of the I original. See. Okay. Because there's so, multiple. Right? Yeah, there's, there's two in Chicago. There's Logan Square and Worker Park. Um, oh, I didn't was, know there was a second one here. Yeah, it's yeah. it's different. They do um, they do more of a New York style. Oh, that's the one like shop. that replaced the Roman style. Yeah, Bonchi. Bonchi. Yeah, 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 right yeah. at Six Corners. Yes, yeah, so um, okay. I Bonchi saw it the other day. In West Loop. Yeah, they're still in the West Loop too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the original one started in New York, and then there's there's locations in Chicago, Columbus, Ohio. I think there's one there I saw mm. recently, and then yeah. I think like one in Miami, and then okay. I think also Baltimore. So. They're a mini franchise, okay, I didn't know um, that. but he learned under uh, Pauly G himself, Derek uh, Tung, the owner of this location. He brought the whole, you know, he, they're not really known for Detroit style pizza. Paul, he he brought the Logan, he called them Logan Squares initially, and only offered them on Sundays at first. And um, yeah, he would he became my pizza mentor. So I'd just bring him slices and say, hey, "What do you think of this?" And cool. he's like, "Oh, you're getting you're getting better at this as time went on." Are so. there any disadvantages to doing it at home versus a commercial kitchen? Um, for the style of pizza with Detroit style pizza, no. Um, that's the most. That's why I started with that because it's the most home home friendly oh, version. Nice. You just need to get a pan. If you get a Detroit style pizza pan, go on Amazon, go wherever you know you want to get them from. I initially got mine from a place called Detroit is actually Detroit style pizza company.com um, <laughs> as generic as it sounds but <laughs> I, uh, I got my pan from there and that was my first one I got and I got like a spatula and a couple things from them but yeah you just need an oven that goes to 500 degrees and you know if you have a stand mixer great if you don't you can still do it by hand and as far as the oven itself the only pizza that you really can't do in a home oven is Neapolitan pizza mm. because you need like you know like 800 900 degree if you want a true Neapolitan pizza but Honestly, I make Detroit-style pizza at home. I make tons of tavern styles. So I, I, I grew up in the south side of Chicago. So, like, tavern-style pizza is my favorite. Like Vito um, and Nick is yeah, the, I Yeah, I grew up, in, like, not too far from Vito and Nick's, actually. So well, My wife's uh, from Beverly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I grew up on um, 79th Pulaski. So, like, south, okay. side, south side of Chicago. Um, we eventually moved to, like, the southwest suburbs when I was in, around, in high school. And then yeah, I, lived in, I lived in Logan for the past... 10 12 years now yeah. so um but yeah you could do any with uh, nowadays with the way there's so much cool advancements um for the home cook and home pizza maker you know you're just gonna need a hot oven but you can get uh you know there's pizza stones out there but what i use is a pizza steel so it's actually just piece of steel that you put in your oven it's a mm. baking steel wow um and it conducts heat and absorbs heat better than a pizza stone does so that's going to help you get that really crispy undercarriage. It's, you know, a trademark for like a New York style pizza. How or, thick is this steel? Um, I think it's, this was like, I think it's a quarter. Okay. They have some other quarter. And some oh, other so eight. it's heavy. Yeah, it's a heavy one. Yeah. It's like 40. I mean, when I was making this earlier, I had almost had a mishap. I was trying to move some stuff around and all of a sudden it like leaned forward and I almost lost everything. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, it was almost a disaster. But uh, yeah, it's heavy. There's some, there's different sizes and such. But the original How long one, does it um, stay hot for after the fact? Oh, it takes a while. Like I, I have an infrared um, thermometer, so I can check the temperature of like <laughs> before the base. you touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I can check this because I want to make sure like the base is like over five hundred degrees wow. to give you that like you know texture you need. Damn. But yeah, it'll it'll hold it'll hold for a while. Like you know, I've done a couple pop ups where um, I've sold some pizzas out of my apartment um, for charity and such, and 
you know, I've been able to do like back to back to back. I made like 10 pizzas in an hour and it, it holds up. Like it doesn't really, wow. you know, it doesn't really cool down that quickly. So, so you mentioned the initial journey, yeah. uh, and checking in with your mentor kind of over time yeah. to yeah. see the progress. What were some of the first kind of mistakes that you were making or some mishaps that might've happened early on? Um, with the, with pizza, yeah. I, my dough, my dough was like really dense. It was just really heavy. Um, and that just came from like, you know, maybe not having enough, enough water and, you know, hydration in the dough. Um, maybe not letting it like proof long enough, underproofing, overproofing it, um, just like little stuff. But then I'm a visual learner. Um, so if I could just see somebody do something, uh, you know, once or twice or see a couple different videos, like I, I relied on YouTube a lot. I, I went mm-hmm. going, you know, I would start, I, I think YouTube is a great place to learn. Yeah. Um, so I would just search, you know, Detroit style pizza making and I'd watch a couple different, you know, people making their videos. And once I see them, once I see somebody do something, I feel like I could replicate it. I've just, I pick things up pretty quickly that way. So once I got some feedback from him and, and now I wanted honest feedback, I don't want people just telling me this, oh, this is good. This is great when it <laughs> yeah. sucks. Just let me know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just worked at it and yeah, I just kept practicing. I would just, you know, at the time I was just making constantly making pizzas constantly making bread and they're just giving it to friends yeah like do you get sick of eating pizza at this point i try i have to find balance because like i feel like (laughs) i'm turning into a pig um (laughs) says he eats goat every single day does he yeah remember he said that in the interview well, I mean, uh, that might have been when I blacked out. Yeah, you could do, you can eat goat out. every day and not feel like hell. Like, but eating <laughs> yeah. pizza, like Detroit and bread, pizza. yeah, like <laughs> heavy bread and sandwiches and stuff every day. Oh, like, man. it's a, it's a lot. So I've, I've tried to find balance in the past like few weeks. Kind of like slowly, you know, with all these different like food collaborations that I do, I can't just eat that stuff every no, day. Yeah, yeah. yeah I and I'm not, you know, I'm not out there doing like tripping Billy salads or anything. So I need to. <laughs> I need Hear to. That sweet uh, green. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think people want that. I don't think it sells that good. So yeah. you know, I have to. Uh, I have to find balance when I do that. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I still love. I still love pizza. I'm not eating Detroit pizza every day, but like, you know. If I can make a tavern style pizza, I like to make it like once a week at least, yeah. just mm-hmm. to even if I just have a slice, I just have fun making it. Is the there a pizza is that you seek out ever, like when you're eating, you know, not eating your own pizza, but uh, yeah, what are your pizza? thoughts? Oh man, it depends on what style. Like, I there, there's so many awesome styles. Middlebrow, I live right yeah. down the street from Middlebrow, so Middlebrow is just electric. Everything I do is great. There, yeah. there are Tuesday tavern style pizzas. I'm one of the best in the city and they just started doing that within the past year cool. um and their original their tavern yeah i don't think oh I it's unreal it's go tuesday nights it's okay. uh it's dining only tuesday uh, tim we we might need to just go together one week if you want all right just let's do it through. um it's excellent um so i like i love middlebrow obviously Polly g's is wonderful millie's pizza in the pan is a great yep. pizza spot if you've been there they used to actually be around the block. yeah we took it we did a lot of takeout during the pandemic yeah he's uh we did we actually did a pizza collaboration together yeah too um his pizza is great and then like you know classic spots like that i grew up eating that i don't get to go to as much anymore because they're on the south side but like you know Vito nicks of course is spectacular but like i grew up eating a place called palermo's uh, which was on um 60 67th i believe there's one on 70th, but one in Oak Lawn, and then just one on the south side. But 
Yeah, they're great. Uh, pizza fried chicken ice cream is awesome. Uh, it just, which they're done. They're done. I know. I just wait. Just what? Yeah, they announced today. it today. They're shutting it down. Huh? I think they're just a recon. Yeah, in yeah. I think they're, they're just like more of a COVID thing. Yeah, and they have their um, they have their spot they open in Westmont, which is basically oh. the same thing. Um, they just have a different oven, but they do tavern style out there. It's called Uncle. I think it's Uncle Kim, Uncle Kim's Pizza, something like that. I forgot the name though. Hmm. It is. But yeah, there's so many great spots. It just depends on what you're looking for. Really. Were you there's... around during the era of Great Lake? I was, and I only had it once, and I had it because someone ordered it, and I, I didn't. I never had it in person. Okay, hold um, up. What's I never Great had Lake? It fresh. Uh, it was so it made waves because at some point Esquire named it like the best pizza in the country. Or something like yeah. that. Really? And it was in Andersonville. Yeah. It was very special. It was an incredible pizza. A gentleman named Greg uh, made the pizza. He was the pizzaolo. And uh, if he wasn't there, they weren't open. It was like 12 seats. It was a, a real ordeal what to get pizza. Uh, it ended up closing 20. in like 2010, maybe yeah. 2011. It oh, closed, geez. but it was like a very short-lived it thing. Was, His no, wife was, did the salad. Yeah. They would like get all the ingredients from the farmer's market to make this one salad. There were three pizza options a day. There were no substitutions, no modifications. <laughs> um, it was like a real pizza Nazi situation. <laughs> uh, and there were three people that ran it. So it was Greg, his wife, and then this, this other dude um, that worked for them. Who was like a college student, I think, but it was it was what really special. It was incredible. What do you call that style? I mean, it's just like a kind of a pan. I mean, it yeah, wasn't it's even like a normal like a, pizza. Yeah, whatever tradition, like yeah. a piece style pizza. Yeah, it was um, like kind of new. I mean, I don't know if it was in new. I mean, pizza's new yeah, haven, but it was I just this, yeah, it was yeah, just normal a, pizza, just a regular pizza, <laughs> <laughs> a regular delicious yeah. pizza. Yeah, I mean, even was, at that time, I wasn't even deep in any of the you know pizza yeah. making or anything. I was I was well aware. Like I just had a slice. I'm like this is good, and I had some yeah. leftovers. I didn't even have it in person. Yeah, I went a couple. Um, if you go to the old Yelp page, there's like a picture of me and a friend waiting in line as one of like a few <laughs> pictures of it. Um, Permanently closed. Yeah, they just didn't want to do it anymore. They like didn't need to do it so they just we also lost <clears throat> boiler room this week yeah yeah that was crazy that happened years. abruptly yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i'm like oh i'll go there one last time it's like it, effective immediately yeah <laughs> so people work there i hate that yeah, yeah that is brutal yeah uh yeah you gotta hope that there was like some kind of severance or something yeah uh, but yeah so, so your pizza journey started that was at like 2017, right? Yeah, when that's Apologies when that's opened. when pizza started. Yeah, that's when I was initially making it, and then I just like kept practicing over the years, and it was just just Love for that. fun. There was nothing, uh, there was nothing else to it besides that. It was just me, you know, finding you know a new passion, a new passion project, and then like obviously COVID hits, and you know that's when I'm like I took on even more and more ambitious projects and started to get better and better and that's actually when the Tripping Billy Pizza was initially born where that sauce um where I actually created the sauce for the first time so I went to the farmer's market um went to two of them actually went to like the Green City Market and then went to Logan Square Market and when I go to farmer's markets, I like black out. I swear, I come home and I'm like, what the hell did I buy? I, I came back with like five pounds of shishito peppers. I'm like, what the hell? I'm the same way. It's... I'm like, I'll find a use for this. Yeah. And then I find myself, I'm like, uh... you know what? Actually, Abra Baron, do you know Abra Barron's? She has uh, cookbooks. She runs uh, Grainer Farm yeah. in the restaurant there. She, uh, Her books are fantastic for like, I have stuff left over. What can I do with it? Because it's organized by vegetable. Oh, really? Um, she's got a new one coming out for fruits, but... Uh... That's a good good book to have. Shout That's out, a, shout out, Aberbarons. Nice, thanks. I um, I came home and I had like 
<laughs> just a pile of shishito peppers. I'm like, all right, I want to roast all these. What, what do I do? So I started like brainstorming ideas. And at this point in my like cooking, I don't know, journey, um, I was, like I said before, I was past the point of needing recipes. I understood flavors pretty well. So I'm like, what can I do with this? Let me make a sauce out of this. So this is early 30s. This is at that time. No, it was 20. So it was 2020. It was a couple years oh, ago. Right. Yeah. So, so mid, I was like, I was 36. Yeah. 30, cool. 35, 36 at the time. Um, more com- yeah, more comfortable now. Like I would like start ho- I was hosting Friendsgivings for everybody. People were new. I was just like, you know, Billy's cooking. We got to come eat, you know. Yeah. Um, and I always like I'd always volunteer to cook. Um, so I had all those peppers, and I started playing around with the idea of making a sauce out of it. And there is a Mexican dish uh, called rajas con crema, and it's just um, poblano peppers that's cooked down with um, onions and garlic and heavy cream and usually like cotija cheese um, and you know it's stuffed into tacos and different different dishes and stuff so I played off that and I'm like let me try something different and I will make a sauce with shallots instead of onions we'll still use garlic I'll use shishito peppers I'll use parmesan instead of cotija and add a little little nutmeg to it just to give it a little more savory Mm. um, you know after uh, you know savory taste to it and so I made the sauce like okay cool I have a sauce now. What what the hell do I do with the sauce? <laughs> and I end up having, um, I was making a lot of like um, Sicilian grandma style pizzas, just like the sheet pan pizzas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh, let, me, let me try making this in pizza. I'll put this as a base. I'm like, okay, what goes good with shishito peppers? What peppers go well with corn? It's summer. That sounds good. Corn and peppers. Let me try that. So I had a basic, the first version was that sauce, um, mozzarella cheese, and corn that was the original pizza very simple it was very good it was heavy um it needed something but i knew i had something there like it was a good the flavor combination was good it was different i brought some over to derek and derek's like yeah this is really this is solid um i think it needs some acidity and some you know things you can tweak it up but it was good so flash forward a year later um now 2020 summer of 2021 i'm like i want to make that pizza again I want to do it better this time. I'm like, well, how can I make it better? So I switched it and made a Detroit style pizza because I thought the texture would be better, having like the cheesy, crispy edges. I added cheddar cheese to it because I thought the co- I just like the color. I like the the, the yellow and green kind of look cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I added it in there, and then I added some um, pickled jalapenos to cut all that that cream and that cheese. Uh, some you know to cut the richness, and then um, finish it with some scallions and then I decided since I'm going to slice it into like you know four or six pieces depending on um, how big the pizza is I'll put a, a shishito pepper on top a roasted one just for garnish and yeah that was the that was the uh the the, the refined version of it and uh it's a very nice looking pizza yeah, yeah. it's a the visually I mean visually it's it's a visually pleasing pizza it's different and then I you know I love the flavor combination that I was able to build with it, but I also, my favorite part of that pizza is the textures. So you have a chunky, coarse sauce. Like the, I keep those peppers and the shells like pretty, pretty big mm-hmm. and, and kind of coarse in there. So I want you to be able to bite into it and taste that. So you have like the soft cooked down veggies. You have the crispy edges from the cheese on the edge there. You have the melty cheese on top. You have the, the pot, little pops of sweetness from the corn. It's just different. Um, mm-hmm. And I was pretty proud of like taking something and 
really just making my own recipe for something. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, something novel. Yeah. It has kind of like a Southwestern vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's weird. They're Japanese peppers, but then like it kind of has like the elote vibe with like you know the with the corn and yeah. the cream. Um, but it's its own thing, you know. And it's like taking a, a, a Detroit style pizza, which in Detroit you'll never see a p- actual pizza like that. You know, it's typically just like you know cheese and pepperoni and, some, and red sauce and red yeah. sauce. Yeah. So it was just different, um, but I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty cool, and I was pretty proud of it. Um, and I didn't know it would, would ever. I didn't think it would ever turn into anything, and like essentially change my life. But now like, here crazy. we are. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Joiner's podcast is brought to you by Party Can. Party Can is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten free. It's 12 drinks in a single can. And guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. Walk us through like the diagnosis process. What, sure. when, does, when does that come in? So that, my story is such a weird story because it doesn't just start, there's like, there was a time where it started like I started noticing things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wasn't even focused, like, too heavy on cooking at that time either. So let me take you back to where it all began. So around the age of 30, um, I was – basketball and sports was a huge part of my life. Um, I played basketball most of my life. um, And I worked – I, like, worked in sports media. Sports was everything to me. And around the age of 30, I was still playing a couple times a week recreationally with some friends. Um, And so – I noticed some weird things happening. I would be on defense and just like be backpedaling and just suddenly just lose my balance. My legs would give out and I'd just fall. <laughs> and I just chalked it up to like, I'm 30 now. Like I'm over the hill and it's like, it's done. It's I'm uncoordinated now. Cause it would only happen like, you know, maybe if we played for three hours, it may happen once. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like an every, every moment thing. But then like, as time went on, we we play more and more and I noticed like it'd be happening more. Like I would, you know, sometimes I feel like my mind was moving too quick for my body to react. So, like, I wanted to go, you know, maybe go throw, in someone's, throw me a pass. And I have to, like, run to go catch it. I would want to run. And all of a sudden, I just couldn't. It's like, I felt like I was in mud. And I was just, like, you know, lose my yeah, balance. Yeah, like slower reactions. Yeah, slower reactions and weird things. And then as time went on, I noticed those those occurrences would happen off the court. So, like, walking around, I would just kind of lose my balance randomly. Um I noticed the muscle mass in my legs was was noticeably weakening. So like, you know, this started around 30. Let's let's just hypothetically like, let's go. I'm say around 32 now. A couple of years later, I would maybe put on a pair of like tights or like leggings to put under my basketball shorts if I want to go to the gym or something. Those leggings were becoming loose and like baggy. Did you, and did you go to a doctor between the ages of thirty and thirty-two? No, so I was a doofus. Um, I was a, uh, I was, I think, I think what most guys would probably do in that time. Like I was kind of scared, and I just kind of ignored it. And mm-hmm. I had nothing like that ran in my family. Was there, 
would it have changed anything if you had? No, not okay. at all. So, so it didn't matter. No, there, no. It's, looking back on it, it didn't really matter. No. Okay. So I I kept trying to just like power through it, ignore it, do what I can. Um, I had I had this. My story is a couple wake up calls. The first one was in 2015. So this is a few years later. It's probably like 33. I would probably say. Uh, maybe a year after, probably a year after we were initially talking about this first scenario here, I went to Paris with uh, with my partner at the time, with my girlfriend uh, I was dating at the time, and we went to the Notre Dame Cathedral, and there was a spiral staircase you can go up to get a view, a city view of Paris, and I was chugging up those stairs. It was mm. exhausting for me. Like, and I wasn't out of shape. I just, I was having trouble pushing up, like getting strength to drive up mm. those steps. So I was like pulling the railing a lot and I was like sweating my butt off. It was so cold. I was, remember I remember that day because I had like a big park on because it, it was middle of winter. It was cold and I'm sweating my butt off trying to get up the stairs and finally got up to the top. I always remember this. It was very funny. For some reason there was a folding chair just like perfectly placed where I needed to sit down. So I'm like, oh shit, okay, I guess there's, you know, we're at a cathedral, so I guess, <laughs> thanks God. Yeah. Uh, just give him a little hat tip for him. So I sat down, I sat down and I realized like, okay, like something, something's really up. I gotta, I gotta figure this out when I get home. And so, did she yeah. know about other things like the prior to this? Yeah, I, I mentioned it, but like we didn't really know. And some of it I kept, I, I would like mention it in passing or she would notice like, hey, you're, you're kind of slow going up the stairs. Everything cool? And I, I would just say, oh, I'm just sore from working out. I just, I was in denial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And then, so when I got back, um, I decided to go to the doctor for the first time. This is 2016 now. I went to, um, I saw a couple doctors. But I got nothing but a bunch of medical bills. I did every test you can think of. I yeah. did a biopsy, did um, blood tests. I did a MRI, CAT scans, you name it. I've done it. And... Uh, nothing but a bunch of medical bills. No, no direction. No guidance. Just frustration. And no, I, no referrals. Nothing. Just nothing. Kinda, They're just like uh, wow. you know, with something we we don't know. This is everything's come back inconclusive. And did they think that you were not making it up? But like, what did they think? No, they 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 they, they thought it was something muscle related. They was like, there's some type of muscle issue here, but we don't we don't know what it was. And so. You know, me hearing that and then getting a bill in the mail, like, okay, yeah, I you know. You can I, swear. Fuck you guys. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, All yeah. right, so make sure. Like, fuck, fuck this shit. Like, yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Sorry, and... Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. That's too bad. I, I would tell my dad to ear muffs. So make sure. Uh, you can bleep that out if you want. Mm -hmm. no, so I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I tried. Like, I I tried to do the, you know, try to go to the doctor, do what I could. Um, and then I just, I got frustrated and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, I was also, that relationship ended. So I was doing this alone and that was intimidating for me being by yourself when your body's changing, you don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. It's yeah. scary. It's really scary. So, and it was still kind of like, it was mildish. So it wasn't like, right, I was right. still getting up. I was still able to get up the stairs and do things still working out. I still was kind of running a little bit like choppy ish. Um, but I, I was still doing things and, but I hid it. I, I had to hide it. I kept walking around every day. And if people would notice something, you know, I would just say, Oh, I'm just, I'm just sore. Cause they knew I, mm -hmm. people knew I worked out. And that's what I did after I went to the doctor. I, Decided I need to like recalibrate. I need to like focus. I'm gonna start, um, you know, working out with a personal trainer. That I, I found one that was a physical therapist. So I told him what was going on, 
And I'm like, hey, can we try to build some type of routine to maybe like work and try to build some you know strength back in my muscles and my legs? And he said, sure, let's uh, let's try it. And we did. Like I every day, I had this like mentality where, you know, my parents are immigrants. They immigrated here from um, Jordan in the in the 70s. So it's in my blood to just work and hustle. Mm-hmm. And so I I had this mentality where I'm like, okay, well, I know something's up, but I'm just going to like fight through this. I'm going to work through this. So every morning I'd get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym. And I'd work out, knock out a workout before most people were even awake. And that gave me some like motivation and just... I had a little storyline built in my head. I'm like, just hustle through this. You're gonna, you're gonna push through, and it's yeah. gonna be okay. Keep your head down. Trust the process. Just, just trust the process. It's gonna yeah. go. Was it helping at all? It, I felt like it was. It was. I felt like it was. I don't know if it really was, but it was still. I think I was just putting a bandaid on something bigger, you know. Yeah. And flash forward now a few years. Uh, now we're in 2020, and this is where the, the other wake up call happened. It's incredible that you've dealt with it for this long. Eight, under the radar eight years yeah i guess oh it's just such a mild onset yeah it was just, a mild, yeah that's what it was well, and, it's and like any I, I think like any guy <laughs> in their 30s like you're just like oh yeah whatever i'm young and healthy it'll get better like but yeah. i think i think we all think like have eight t- years like i mean like that's that's a, a new level of like just keeping the head down and yeah well yeah it was but i was gonna say like I, we kind of all have yeah this in our heads turn your blind ailments yeah yeah and, uh, you know, sometimes they get better, sometimes they don't. Like, I willed my fucking elbow back. <laughs> I couldn't... You remember my elbow thing? Yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, you got to have surgery on this elbow. And I just... Five years later, it started working again. You just... Yeah, you know, it's... Like, it's, this is how, how we are. Just ignore it, things. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. It's like... A, I just... Yeah. If I... I, I tell you, if I, I, I think if I was in a relationship during that time, I probably went to the doctor earlier because, I like... Someone would have yelled at me and oh, said, "Like, sure. go to the doctor. This is scary." Yeah. Me, I'm like, eh, no, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll do <laughs> totally. this. So it's just me, and my dog, and I'm like, he, he's like, you're doing great, you know. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not criticizing. I'm more impressed at like how you were able to like suppress what was going on. Oh yeah, I just, I just tried to keep myself busy and and yeah. and hustle through it. And you know, 2020 happened. Everything changes. Our, all our lives changed with COVID, mm-hmm. um, but my life changed as, as well with gym's closing i lost oh, yeah. the, the the everyday active life that i had to push through all of a sudden i go from active to being sedentary and i don't have gyms i don't have a home gym i <laughs> bought a bought like one of the worst investments ever it was like in any investment it was like 300 amazon air like fan bike i bought that broke <laughs> like i would just call it the hog uh it was my hog i just like ride the hog every day and uh <laughs> it broke two times in like two months uh and it was just so bad but i was just you know i was trying to keep myself active but during yeah. that time i saw a big time drop off all of a sudden I'm falling a lot. I'm falling a lot around the house. At this point, in my and uh, physically, I can't get up the stairs anymore without a railing. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting down in a chair, I can't just stand up anymore. I have to push up with my upper body, and it was it was a lot. And my um, girlfriend uh, that I've been dating now for almost three years, Rachel, um, she that was also huge anxiety for me meeting somebody new and going on dates oh, when yeah. i knew something was up that i was kind of like didn't know what the deal was yet was scary as hell mm-hmm. um and <laughs> i remember when rachel and i first uh you know met a couple dates in we decided to meet some friends at the auto show and i ate shit i just like took a step and i, I fell 
and it was like uneven ground. So there was like there was like a little ramp that I didn't see, and that that's that can affect me a lot. Uneven grounds throws off my balance a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I fell, and she's like, "Okay," I'm like, "Oh, good, yeah, I just tripped on that stupid rug back there." And I just started played off and got up really quickly and carried on. And then like later mm. in the week, she's like, "Hey, like what was up? I saw you know you fell back there. What was that about?" I'm like. All right, here's the deal. I can't like I can't BS this. I have something going on and I don't know what. And told her everything, and you know she was like, I really feel like you should go to the doctor. You should figure this out because it's pretty, it's pretty scary, you know. And unfortunately, with COVID, I couldn't really go to the doctor at that time. Yeah. So that was just, I, I, if anything, it was like. It was a built-in excuse for me not to go to the doctor because at this point I was just kind of scared. Yeah. I don't but did you, go did to the you get some relief telling Rachel it was up? Yeah, I did. I did because she, I was scared she was going to leave me. Yeah. Like, I mean, she would be, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to judge someone's character, but like when they, you know, you find something really, like, really big, or you know, we don't even know at this point. Mm-hmm. So like, I was just scared to say something, but then I did, and she was like, okay, well, I'll, you know. And, but were you starting to get some peace of mind that you were sharing this with, with somebody? Yeah, like, I was like, feeling were you, more comfortable. Were you talking to your parents about it at the time? A little bit, but they didn't really understand. Yeah. Um, they didn't really understand my parents um, just being the older generation yeah. um, and don't really, they've never heard of anything like this or seen it before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't get it. A couple of, my, a couple of really close friends knew um, something was up, but like a lot of people really didn't know. And everything changed on February 13th of 2021. Uh, I went to the Rosemont Outlet Malls. Uh, just want to get out of the house uh, with uh, with Rachel and stepped out of my car. I took one step, and I didn't think one step would actually change my life, but one step truly changed my life. I stepped and I leg gave out. I fell, and I fell hundreds of times over the years, over that eight year period, Ugh. hundreds of times. Okay, but I've never hurt myself. I was always able to mm. get up. Sometimes I'd fall on my butt gently. Sometimes I would, you know, I maybe, you know, I, I'd bruise a foot or something, but nothing ever dramatic. This one was dramatic. I fell and I felt a pop immediately. And mm. basically, uh, it's a, there's a joint in your foot. It's basically between your big toe um, and like the end, edge of your foot here. Mm. The impact, even though I didn't fall from a height, I literally just took one step. I felt awkwardly and my weight went on it. I end up dislocating the first MTP joint. So basically my big toe was just like straight up. Mm, oh. It was it was the worst pain. And so I am, this is in February in a cold ass parking garage. There's snow and mud on the ground and I'm sitting in a, I'm sitting in a puddle and I can't get up. And I'm like, I felt something pop and it was just like numb and I'm freaking out. And, but I'm like, in my head I'm freaking out, but outside I'm just keeping it cool. Rachel's like, are you okay? I'm like, uh, just give me a second. Give me a second. Let me just, I saw, mm. I felt something. Give me a second. And uh, <laughs> I remember saying, just give me a minute. We'll go inside. Let me just, let me catch my breath for a second. She's like, Billy, you're in a puddle. You can't get up. And people are, cars are driving by, like honking. They have to ask if I need help. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I eventually just like gained composure, pushed myself up off a car that was next to me. And I hopped up, hopped into the car got into the like the passenger seat and I looked at my foot and all right that's when I said again like give me give me 10 minutes we'll go inside she's like look at your foot 
and you can see my shoe like was uh, something was poking up. Danny is visibly uncomfortable. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, so no, no. Yeah, I'm just I'm very sensitive. <laughs> it's it was. You might go down. Yeah. Here, well, no. I'll, tell, I'll tell you the no, one yeah. one more thing, and then we can we'll talk about this no, stuff. No, you should go so, into it. Yeah. yeah no, so, I, I, I want to hear. It's important. For, yeah, tell the story. It yeah. was it was it was it was fucked up. So I. I'm sitting in the now passenger seat of this car. I have to go to the ER because my fucking toe is. I I didn't see it. The, like when I, I was able to get the shoe off. Mm-hmm. I saw something bent up. It just looked weird. And the, yeah. but then I pulled my sock off. And then I go, oh, I almost like lost it. I'm like, oh god. And so I text my friend who's a, a, a he works in medicine and healthcare. I'm like, hey, look at this. What do I do? He's like, get your ass to the ER now. Go go to you know. Told me where to go yeah. and. So Rachel, Rachel drove, and she doesn't really drive much out here. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. So like, it was it was snowing out there. It was all perfect storm of being miserable, like a mm-hmm. miserable day. Yeah, and Chicago in February. God, it was it yeah, was so bad. Yeah. So we get to the hospital, um, and then just and now I have the worst, literally the worst pain of my life. We have to pop this back in, oh. and there's no way to numb it. They just uh, gotta do it. Oh boy, I I wanted to die. Um, but we got it. We got to eventually got to pop back in. But the doctors were like, "So how did you fall? Explain this to me." And I'm like, "So I here, this is what happened." But there's an underlying issue, and I told them, "Look, I have some type of muscular issue going on, some type of muscle disorder, something, you know." And they're like, "Yeah, you need to figure this out." And so Rachel's friend was a neurologist. She worked at Rush uh, mm-hmm. Medical Center, and she worked in the neurology department. So she's like, "Hey." Um, Billy fell and he's at the ER. Um, we need the, he needs to find a neuro- neurologist. We got to figure out what's going on with him. So she reached out, talked to a couple of her, of her coworkers and she found someone that said like, Hey, I, I, I want to help. I want to take this on. We'll figure this out. So she set up an appointment a week later, went to Rush Medical Center. Now things, this is where things change from 2016 to 2021. Now even go back to even like 20, you know, 2014 when we said, the, hey, did you go to the doctor initially? Genetic testing wasn't available. Um, oh, they wow. thought this was a genetic disorder. Whatever it was, it was probably a genetic disorder. We should look into it. And so genetic testing is now available. So all they did, it was wild. They they just did tests and it's like, let's see your, how strong your leg is and you know, lift your leg up and down, all this stuff. And then he's like, okay, we're going to take a swab of your nose, swab of your cheek. I'm going to mail it out to this lab and we should hopefully have results here in a week and a half. And it's got an 80, 88% like, um, accuracy, accuracy um, to get a diagnosis at least. Yeah. So a week and a half later, I get a call. Um, I was driving and I got a call from 312 number for Rush. I pull over. And I got a call that changed my life. Um, doctor says, so we got an answer. Um, after eight years, I got diagnosed with what's called limb girdle muscular dystrophy 2L. And it is a very rare form of muscular dystrophy um, that is adult onset. It can happen when you're you're born with it. So it could take shape in in childhood, um, in like teenage right years. Now, a child who gets this genetic test, would it say oh. that they had this? They can tell, yeah. It's latent in your that's, yeah, DNA. Like, is it present in the DNA now? Um, yeah, I mean, they like should. Like, for, for a kid. I, I think, I feel like everybody, yeah. There's there's you know, screenings and such, yeah, okay. that you can do. Um, I think it's prevalent now more than ever that you can get a diagnosis. It's, you've, genetic testing is the way to get a diagnosis for this stuff. If yeah. I didn't have this, I would have never had this diagnosis. So what year did that become available? Um, I think it happened, like, probably, I, I don't know exactly. I think I think all within, the, like, the last couple years. Um, so let's just say, assume uh, 2019, yeah, uh, okay. 2020, you know, 2021. 
But yeah, so I maybe got... the early doctors were not as negligent as we thought. Maybe. They just didn't have the tools available. Yeah, to I guess I guess so. But like it was weird that I didn't have. They had no direction at all, yeah. and they were just like, I felt like they just give me test after test that kind of didn't even make it. I did the same test. There's this stupid test they did. I think it's called the EEG. The weirdest, most uncomfortable test ever. They just take this like needle and they just like they poke you to listen to the sound of your muscles, like they'll listen oh. to the sound it makes. But it's just I hate like I don't like needles. Yeah, I can't yeah. handle it. And it was just like I'm oh judging my God. by Danny's. Body it just it was uncomfortable. He doesn't like it needles. Was, either. Yeah, it was the it was the worst. So, um, but yeah. So after, when the diagnosis yeah. comes in, I mean, obviously that's that's probably the worst news you've received, but. Was part of you like, okay, at least we have a name for this. At least I understand what's going on with my body. Yeah, it was. So it was like the weirdest. I had the the weirdest emotions that day. So I was mm-hmm. relieved to finally have an answer. Terrified because there's no cures or treatments treatments for the disease, no timetable, and it's a progressive disease of which will get worse as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was also like my my little daydream that I would. Al- I had this thought that I always wake up one day and it would just go away and I'd be okay. And now the reality was it's not. And I have a rare disease, a very rare disease, and it's real. It's mm-hmm. finally real. I no longer have to bullshit and say, oh, it's leg day. Uh, hey, guys, it's leg day. I'm just sore. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, or, you know, I, I, or I, I have I, so many times. Oh, I have a muscle thing. I just have a muscle thing. What does that even mean? I have a muscle yeah. thing. That's what, I, that's what I would say. Um, so I finally had an answer. But uh, the first few months, um, I took it really hard. I was not definitely not the person I am now. Um, I was miserable. I was stuck in the past, celebrating. Uh, you know, uh, I was not celebrating wins in any way. It was all about what I lost. I can't. Yeah. I can't do this. I. I mean, I. I can't. You know, I can't play sports. Can't get around as like I used to. Like, I'm 38 years old, and I have to relearn. I have to like relearn my life. Yeah. Everything. Like relearn how to like get around and. I have a permanent disability. It was weird. Um, and I was just fixated on loss. Mm-hmm. And so I was just moping around. And then um, the one thing now to take you back, because my story, like I said, has like, you know, it's kind of all over the place sometimes. Uh, it's not like a beginning, middle, end. During that time period, from the beginning, from the first falls to the biggest fall, I needed something more. And I didn't have sports anymore. I didn't work in radio. didn't have my creative itch that I can scratch in media. I needed something. So I turned to the kitchen. And I joked that I traded my jersey in for an apron. And I started focusing on becoming a really good home cook and eventually a baker. And that helped me get through that eight years. When you said, how did you get through, you know, driving through that? I found something to help me get through it. Yeah. That brought me joy in the weirdest, hardest time of my life. And, you know, instead of going to the gym and shooting uh, 53 point shots or 100 free throws, I would go make 10 loaves of bread and give five away on Instagram to friends. And, and I would do that to get better. And I, I found joy through food and, and through cooking. And, you know, I wasn't looking up basketballs anymore and sneakers well still looking up sneakers occasionally mm-hmm. but not as much and, <laughs> but i was looking up aprons and and knives and and kitchen equipment and i just started nerding out about that instead of going to sleep and watching sports center i would watch youtube videos and learn how to make a quiche or something whatever you know yeah, whatever yeah. i wanted to learn and but that foodie mentality was also 
like that had been there. You, you'd been cooking, so now yeah. it, it was it pretty natural to move on and yeah. or find something else to focus on. Yeah, yeah. It was a distraction, I, but also as a hobby and and to, somewhere to put that energy. Yeah, it was big, big time. And then especially during the pandemic, I, that went to another level. Um, like like a lot of people who picked up like you know say sourdough baking or you know all the crazy food projects and, and yeah. the, like pop-ups that were born during the pandemic. Um, I did the same thing. I, I started taking on crazy projects. I, I, I made, one time I made uh, hot dogs from scratch. I made hot, <laughs> I like made my wow. own hot dogs and buns from scratch. Um, wow. How'd you case them? Uh, I went and got natural sheep casings from, um, what's the uh, place in Lincoln Square? Um, Jeans? Yeah, Gene Sausage. Yeah, the Gene Sausage shop. And so I like called them and I'm like, hey, I wanna, you know, do you guys have casings? Like, yeah, we can save some for you. And so I got there and I started doing what I always do. I just chatted up with anybody I can, I'm around with. I'm like, hey, so I'm gonna make some hot dogs today. He's like, oh, you're making your own hot dogs? I'm like, yeah. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. And so this like also the butcher was like, oh, he he's like he got the nerd out with me and like any cuts you recommend doing? And he's like, oh yeah, here. Get to let me get you some trimmings. Let me show you, you to the lips and assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I learned. <laughs> he pulled back the curtain. <laughs> Come back to the lips and assholes district. <laughs> Do you have your ID, sir? Uh, so no, I, we ended up getting a bunch of stuff. But it was cool, but yeah, I ended up like learning. I made I made hot dogs. I made my own buns. I did all sorts of crazy ass projects. Um, did my own bagel. I did my own bagel pop up. My dog's name's Einstein, and so I did mm-hmm. Einstein's dad's bagels, <laughs> and I took the Einstein brother's bagels, Logan, put my face and his face on it. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. So how was a hot dog that you made yourself superior to the hot dogs that we buy? No, God, no. It was, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> Not it worth was, it? It, no, it was fine. Like it was, I tasted like a hot dog. Yeah. So I thought like that was cool as hell. And I'm like, this is, this is a success. Like I made a hot dog from scratch, including like, you know, being like a, a five-year-old when I was using the casings and stuffing them and just like, <laughs> and I was like threading the, uh, the casing on there. My girlfriend walks in I'm like, Hey, it's like, <laughs> you're such a loser. I'm like, I know, I know, I know, I know. So now it was, it was cool. It wasn't, I mean, probably not worth the time, but it's a cool experience. Um, it's going to lead me to something that I want to do soon. I have a food project. I have a dumb idea. I want to make a hot dog sandwich badly. Like I want to turn, I want to get like, make a hot dog loaf. Hmm. And make an actual like on, you know, sandwich bread, a Chicago hot dog sandwich. It's so. Oh, all right. I like it's, it. I don't. I guess I, I. I've made it before. I've made the hot dogs before, and I feel like you can. You can totally do it. It would just be a kitschy thing, but yeah. It's kind Who, of fun who's project. the ideal collaborator on that? I don't know. I, I have no idea. But I think I want to just make it like so. My. I'll tell you more as we go on, but like all these collaborations that I, I I've done. Maybe Doug Sound. I would love mm. that. Would that that I just did a did just did a pizza with peace. So yeah, I'm like Doug is a friend of Mindy's. We just learned so. All right, oh. we're gonna hit up Mindy. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, put I, the I pressure love, on Mindy. <laughs> I would love to do it. I mean, 
I, I had the other day, this, you know, the whole debate of hot dog and sandwich. I'm like, what? why don't we just make a hot dog sandwich? Yeah, my silly mind works sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I, all these collaborations I do have really all, they all start with, I make some, I make the original version at home. I have an idea and then like I manifest it in somewhere. And then I'll go back now, going back to the story, uh, you know, I got this diagnosis and I was miserable. Like I told yeah. you, I was, I was focused on all the loss and I've had a lot of wins in my life. But I was just focused on loss. And I got a call in September of last year um, from Derek, who never calls me. So I got a call from him, like, everything cool? He's like, yeah, um, we're doing an event for charity at the restaurant here where we're celebrating who we deem, like, the top home pizza makers in the city. And it's going to be an event where we'll have seven pizza makers. We're going to auction off tickets to this event, and all the proceeds go to No Kid Hungry. Um, So... To, to benefit uh, childhood food insecurity throughout the country. And I would love you to be one of my seven pizza makers, and I would love if you made that pepper pizza that you awesome. made me try. And at this point, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm bummed out, but I got that call, and I'm like, I said yes, like, right away. Like, he didn't finish his sentence. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm in. He's like, do you want to know what it is? I'm like, no, I'm in. Uh, so I was all pumped up now. And I'm like, I'm I'm so excited. I called the pizza. I gave it a name. It wasn't the Trip and Billy at first. It was the Sheesh That's Corny. That was my that was my, that was my name for Sheesh, the pizza. Sheesh, that's a corny name. That was, it was so bad. And then I'm like, somebody walked around with the drums every time I said it. Wait, we got it. Tim. Yes! <laughs> oh, it. my God. I have a one in four right chance one. of hitting the right one. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> no, he, he made the mistake once, and now he learned. Uh, what, yeah. what other sounds do you have on there? Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, porno music. Yeah. We got... Uh... Ooh, that's also another punchline one. And then this, of course. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you need, a, like, a rap air horn, too. Yeah. If you had that, yeah, yeah. If you had that, that yeah, I like to do that one just audibly. Yeah. You should yeah. just start your show up about that every day. <laughs> so I uh, I have the sheesh that's corny, and it's all set up now. I'm going to make 14 pizzas at this event, and I'm, like, I'm happy. I'm truly excited for yeah. this. Yeah. Two weeks before the event, I'm walking my dog um, in my neighborhood, and I fell. I was fine, but there's a woman who walked behind me and saw me fall. I'm trying to pull myself up from a fence because I can't stand up under my own power in these things. I have to pull myself up. Mm-hmm. She just keeps walking. She makes eye contact with me, looks at me, and keeps walking. And I'm like, huh. Oh. I, felt, I felt gross. Um, now, I wasn't necessarily mad that she, like, the, when I tell this story, it's not about her not helping me. Yeah. It was more about me because at this point, I was still, I, I put up a post on my my Instagram and told friends and family that I have this disease now, but that was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't share anything past that, and I kept trying to live like I didn't have anything, and I was in denial, and I was, I joke, I was kind of undercover disabled. Like, I, I, I walk in a room, and no one would really know. Like, mm-hmm. I look healthy. Until you see me try to bend down or try to go up the stairs, you won't notice. And I got sick of hiding it. And so that very moment, I got up. I picked up my phone and I like limping my limping my butt back home and my ass back home. I there you swear. go. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Fucking a. Um, yeah. So I'm limping home and I call Derek and I say, "Listen, can we change the name of the pizza?" Uh, he's like, "Sure. What do you want to call it?" I'm like, "Can we call it the Trippin' Billy?" And 
thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And he's like, oh, I like the name. He's like, are you a Dave Matthews Band fan? I was like, there's a song by Dave Matthews, Trippin' Billies. I'm like, no, no, I can't stand Dave Matthews. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I have, because I have muscular dystrophy, it causes me to have muscle weakness, which leads to balance issues. Oh, so Derek had no idea? He kind of knew, but he didn't know much about it. Okay. Um, like, I said something, but he didn't really. I mean, he didn't know too much about yeah. it. Because I would, I would like, like I said, I put a post about it, but then, like, people didn't, like, okay, cool. What, no one knows what that is, yeah. you know? Mm. And um, so I asked him, so we called the trip from Billy. Let me share my story about how co- food and, and cooking helped me reinvent myself. Can we donate a couple dollars for each pizza sold to the Muscular Dystrophy Association? Um, they're the largest non, non-for-profit, non-government agency that is working to find a cure for muscular dystrophy for ALS and over 50 different neuromuscular diseases. They hold clinics that well, I got diagnosed at Rush Medical Center. Every month they hold MDA care clinics there at Northwestern and other places throughout the country where they fund it and they set up like seven, eight doctors. You can meet your main neurologist, your um, physical therapist, social worker, whatever, they make all these appointments for one for a one visit for you. So you can go through, meet everybody you need to, make sure you're checked up, make sure your wow. lungs are okay. And they fund that. So I knew that like the MDA is going to be a big part of my life moving forward if there's a cure one day. So I'm like, you know, why don't we donate a couple dollars for it and let me just try this. And he's like, listen, if you're comfortable with that, like you kind of making fun of yourself with the name, I'm like, no, I don't care. I like, I, I laugh about everything, man. I'm yeah. like, you know how I am. I, I joke about the most insensitive things. So <laughs> let's just like, I don't want to be serious all the time. Let's, let's do this. And he's like, sure. So now I'm gonna have this pizza that was just gonna be a pizza on the menu called the Sheesh That's Corny. Now it's a tripping Billy, and now it's for a bigger reason. And at that point, I started thinking to myself, like, I'm going all in. I'm I'm doing something yeah, now. That's I, the inflection point. For that me. was the, that was the wake up. I'm done. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna share my story. And I started with a very small grassroots social media campaign where I put up the first post about it, promoting it, and I reached out to friends, friends of friends chefs that i don't know chefs that i may have known or maybe met once before who may who knows i would just say hey listen this is who i am this is my story can you just share this post for me it helps i just want more eyes and ears and started building up subtraction that way um i went on my old radio station and did an interview and, and promoted the pizza there i reached out to block club and i got them to write an article about my pizza and November of 2021, it launches. We sell 150 pizzas. It constantly sells out. People are coming up to be saying it's like one of the best pizzas they've ever had. And I started my own fundraiser for the MDA and I raised $3,000 alone in that month. At that point, I realized that food and cooking is my voice. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a, maybe this is why I'm here. Maybe this is why I have this. Maybe this is something bigger for me. And I decided that like maybe food collaborations are the way to go. I can I can parlay off of people's uh, you know followings and and their audiences and share my passion of cooking, but also maybe be a voice for people that don't really have one um, in the in the you know muscular district community. Yeah. And it started it started with the pizza at Pauly G's. Uh, I did a breakfast sandwich at Spinning J. Um, I did uh, a sandwich at Tempesta Market, and then my big one was a sandwich with J.P. Graziano in February of last year. Um, all of that was happening, and I started raising you know, a couple thousand dollars, and I'm tagging the MDA in, in these posts, and I'm starting to grow a little bit of following, get a little bit of buzz going on. I've done a couple interviews, and I'm doing this all by myself. I'm just, I'm just putting everything out there, being my own promoter, putting myself out there now, putting myself in front of a camera, and being me like truly me uh 
like have it trying to have fun throughout it but also not be a fake advocate i showed you i show people like how it is to live like it's not just it's not all fun and games great pizza and fun and stuff like no it's this is this is what it is this is what it looks like to get up the stairs this is what yeah. it looks like i put those videos out there i pulled back the curtain on my life and the mda all of a sudden reaches out to me they're like they don't know who i am they're like who's this guy that's just sending us money and like tagging us in posts and i told them my story and they're like oh my god this is amazing like you've just built this out of nowhere and you're you know you're very well spoken you know would you like to be our ambassador for illinois and i'm like yeah i would gladly do it and flash forward now november we're in november of 2022 a year has passed i have now raised eighteen thousand dollars for the muscular dystrophy association i've done awesome. 23 different collaborations around the city with restaurants pizzerias i have had my own beer i've done cocktail collaborations um i've done everything i've even done a couple i've done a collab i just finished in milwaukee at a place called alley boys bagel shop in milwaukee so um i've built a platform now um and like people are i'm hopefully trying to inspire people that are going through some shit yeah i was gonna say it's got to help people going through the same thing to see somebody visibly doing it and you know yeah doing something with the platform so have you had people reaching out to you yeah social media is crazy man yeah. i mean it's it's it started in that i'm like i social media for the most part sucks but i've unlocked the good <laughs> i've unlocked the good you have you it. have yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of nonsense i mean I, I i try not to get in the mud with anybody when they you know when people want to do it and say what's that on your pizza blah blah, blah. like just yeah stay away from the noise but but no it's um it's been crazy i've been able to connect with people like across the country really throughout the world um that have these rare diseases yeah it's very rare yeah like, how rare is it oh it's it's one and i think what i have is one in every five hundred thousand. maybe it's okay. it's yeah so there it, with limb girdle muscular dystrophy there's so many different subtypes of muscular dystrophy mm -hmm. limb girdle is muscular dystrophy that affects your limbs like, like your your girdle so like your hips some people can affect your upper body. Mine is really just my legs. So like it's my 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 hips, my quads, my calves, my tiny muscles and will my it feet. Stay in that area. Uh, yeah, it's really. I mean, what I have, there's 28 different. I believe 28 different subtypes of limb of, of LGMD of what I have. Mm -hmm. My version 2L. It all they all have a, a number and a letter denomination that like that, that breaks them down between each, and some are very similar, but there's like you know little little differences between each mine is just my legs so like i still have i still work out constantly like i have my, i have to keep my upper body strong because mm -hmm. it does a lot of the work for me yeah um so uh, yeah i got messages from people that you know that either have forms of it or maybe parents of kids that have forms of it and they're just you know i i, I was the mc of the um the largest uh, one of the largest fundraisers of the year for the mda is called the muscle walk they host it in westmont and it's a, essentially a walkathon uh, where they raise a lot of money for the charity, and they asked me to MC it, which was a Whoa. huge honor. Like I didn't, I went from didn't a year ago I didn't know what muscular dystrophy was, I didn't know who the MDA yeah. was, and all of a sudden now I'm, I'm speaking, I'm, yeah. I'm hosting this event. Any anxiety around that? No, I'm. See, that's that's I've been like the gift, and, like a gift for them or a blessing for them yeah. because I'm, I've never been shy. Mm. I can go and <laughs> hop on a microphone and just like do my thing or be on front of a camera i never had a problem with it so like i'm comfortable speaking about it now i wasn't mm -hmm. for like i wasn't you know early on when i was first diagnosed i wasn't comfortable speaking about it but yeah. now i am i've learned a lot more i've grown up so much in the past year um mentally uh i've had to grow up emotionally like I, i've had to grow a lot and yeah. understand that like 
I'm doing this now, not for me only. It's, I have, like, my shoulders are still strong, and I carry a lot of weight now for people and kids, you know, kids and adults that don't have this platform, that don't feel comfortable speaking about it. I have a platform now. I feel comfortable speaking about it. So, like, I'm going to bring all the attention I can to it. And I've been able to bring eyes on this uh, demographic that I've reached. I try, I, I advocate, I'm breaking the stereotypes of how you're supposed to advocate. I, I try to feed you and get you drunk. Like, you know, and then, you know, we raise money for the charity. I'm not just asking you to donate. I want you to eat and be happy. Yeah. And let's. Yeah. What let's better way to connect with people than through food? And exactly. Drink. And so really, like I'm bringing, I'm bringing, atten- I'm bringing attention to people in their twenties and thirties and maybe early forties, whatever, that probably would have never even heard of this disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I'm doing it in a way that's truly just me. I have, I'm having fun. I mean, I, this year I have had the time of my life during the hardest time of my life. Like, yeah, it's crazy. But, um, I try to hopefully inspire people that are, you know, going through this, but also since it's so rare, like anybody, it doesn't have to be a disease. You don't have to have a, uh, you know, LGMD or muscular dystrophy or ALS or anything like you just had a bad day at work. You lost your job. You went through a breakup, whatever. Like if you had to pivot and make some kind of change in your life, yeah, I did it and I was able to do it and food was my outlet, you know? Maybe a podcast is yours. Maybe gardening is yours. Like, whatever it is, you'll find what gives you and brings you joy. Um, I'm hoping to, to give people a little bit of a push. Even if it's a 1% push, it's better enough. Yeah. And, like, they oh, yeah. see it. It's know? a lesson in perspective. Yeah. I mean, you said early on you are focused on the loss. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think I'd react the exact same way. I'd feel sorry for myself. But eventually you pull yourself up and find something that's going to resonate. Yeah. I just, I mean... I, I joke, like, if people follow me, like, you, know, you get to know me a little bit on, see, like, how I do things. I, I'm truly, like, I'm just having, I'm having fun. I'm sharing a passion. I love cooking, but I also love creating. Like, I like making videos, and I was a former producer, so, like, I like making, I used to make hype videos. I think I talked about this <laughs> yeah. before we started. I would, yeah. I would make, like, Derek Rose hype videos when he was on the Bulls, and, like, you know, make these things when I worked in media. I get to make a hype video of my own life. Like, how cool is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just fun. Like, I just, and I love it. I geek out about all these ideas. But, you know, like, you have to grow. I I've, see that that bird cane in the background. Um, I never used a cane before. I never wanted to use it. It is a very cool cane. Thank you. So <laughs> it's pretty sick. This is this is part of the, the, the journey for me in the past year has been, you know, I, I'm a very independent person, but now I have dependencies. Yeah. And I'm sick of falling, and there's no way to stop these falls. They, they can happen at any time. And I had to make the decision to, hey, i got to protect myself. I'm sick of falling. I that, that joint that I dislocated, I've done that three times in the past year, the same, oh. the same mm. damn foot. I know, I didn't want to do it again. I thought to myself, like, man, don't say anything. Don't say anything. So, I want to ask more questions about that. Yeah, but, go ahead. <laughs> um, Oh, so I guess what's next for the collaboration? You said you have some already in work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I've done, um, I have a bunch of, like, this, I'm actually, I don't know how to stop, but I'm trying to take a take a breather. So I decided to, I was supposed to do two this month um, mm-hmm. in December. I was going to do Manny's Deli. Oh, nice, um, nice. And then I had, a, my trip at Billy was going to be moved to Zaza's Pizza out in, um, in Lincoln Park. Um, but I just need a break. I've been going so hard. Like, this... Earlier this month, I had a week which was like surreal when I when I like put perspective on it. I had a taco 
I was the featured um, Taco Tuesday uh, guest uh, chef at Takeria Shingon. Mm. So I had a taco, taco at Taco uh, Takeria Shingon. I had a sandwich at Big Kids. I had a burger at Goose Island. <laughs> I had my pizza that like later in the week at uh, at Polly G's again because it was like one year anniversary. Yeah, and um, and I also had I had another like another sandwich and I'm like. All right, that's this is like that's a lot. <laughs> like I just feel like every day I'm just promoting something new. I'm like I don't want to, I don't want to. Be yeah, you bad. don't want to burn out. So do you... I was burned. I felt myself burning out. So I decided to push those things off. We're gonna do Manny's in in February, and then we're gonna kick off Zaza's in January. But like next year, I have a lot in the in the works already. I'm just now I'm starting to fill it up. And even like I had a collaboration to do with Monteverde. They they just even it wasn't I didn't have a food like we didn't get together and make a menu item per se. But they donated two dollars for every spaghetti pomodoro on their menu that was sold in November, and cool. That's cool. it was awesome. And like that's that's surreal. And Chef knew who I was. Chef Sarah was like, oh, I, "I follow you. I love what you're doing." And like, what? Like, that's awesome. It's changed. Like, yeah, it, it's life cool. life's changed. And um, yeah, I got a lot in the works for next year for different collaborations to get there. I'm trying to do more in other cities, hopefully, because I want to get my story national. I think it's. Yeah. I think I'm doing something that's really never been done before. So but, so will the MDA give you? Like, can you build a team? I, I, I mean, you can't do all this yourself, right? I uh, no. I mean, they if they want to, like, I, I, I don't. You know, I, I'm very. I don't ask for much. You're I independent, just, but you're also scaling this thing at a really fast pace. Yeah, right? I know. I've actually just had a conversation with a friend of mine because I, I need to build a website. I mm-hmm. can't. I can't just keep using my Instagram. I use my Instagram for everything, and that's yeah. like not doesn't make sense. I need to have it so. Um, I'm going to be working on this this month. I'm going to take the, the time to focus and get a website launched so I can actually have one one spot for everything and have a calendar where you can, you know, kind of tell where I'm at ahead of time and just yeah, it, it'll help streamline thing and like a newsletter and all that stuff. Um, and I've also even been doing like I, I, I connect with a company called Kitsch. Uh, they do basically like Twitch streaming for the culinary industry. Mm. So live cook, they do live cooking. Oh, cool. Do you know about that? It, it's, yeah. uh, they're fairly new. They're still in, in beta. And I got in touch with them like last, the beginning of this year. Uh, and they're based in New York. They have a bunch of big time celebrity chefs involved, but they also have like celebrity chef uh, and celebrities uh, investing in the company. So mm. LeBron James is one of their investors. Of course. So I DM, <laughs> I, you know, he's, I mean, he's got money, man. Um, so... It's not, not, he's not my goat. I mean, so, <laughs> he's, so, he's not any Chicagoans. I know, I know. So, <laughs> actually, I, that's a good question. Danny is an LA boy. Who's your goat? I mean, MJ. Okay. He knew that we'd a kick lot of, his ass if he says. There's a lot of Kobe fans. I was gonna. You're yeah, gonna get yeah. the cane if I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah. You're, you're gonna get beaked. Um, yeah. So, I uh, yeah, I started doing cooking streams with them. So I really enjoy doing that, and it give they and I wanted to get my my platform you know get my story out nationally and i felt like that was a cool way to do it and they're like yeah. really, you're really comfortable with this like we want you to actually have your own channel and so i've been doing live cooking streams on there and trying cool. to build that up and trying to do a food media thing on the side because i think it would be kind of just a cool thing for myself to yeah. do um but yeah it's a lot of lot in the works for the coming year um by by january 1st i should be at like thirty thousand dollars raised so i have wow. i'm at eighteen thousand now but i just did Goose Island, we uh, did a burger collaboration with them, and it was for October initially. They donated 100% of the proceeds of each burger sold to it. Nice. I was the first non-celebrity that they've done this with, which is, like, surreal. Um, yeah. I just reached out, and I told my story. They're like, we'd love to. You're a celebrity in our eyes. <sighs> like yeah. a like an F-less celebrity, if anything. You know? <laughs> I'll be like, You're going to see my movies at, like, uh, on TNT at, like, 3 in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the best content. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, 
the burger we created the triple billy burger and it's like i said it's based off the pizza it was the highest um selling collaboration burger they've ever had wow. um like it Damn. crushed their their highest like all these collabs by the way i've been doing it's surreal they sell out like they sell out fast i mean i did a sandwich called the d rose at um jt's genuine it was a chicago inspired chopped cheese yeah and it was as high i gave uh chris the owner there his highest uh grossing week he said this is the best sandwich he's ever like the highest um grossing collab he's ever done and he's like you gave me my busiest week of the year and it wasn't my it wasn't my regulars it was like that was people that came in for your sandwich or it came in for you so that's he's like billy cool. you're doing special yeah shit that's right awesome now. they're getting it's, you know, more eyes on their business too so that's it's, that's what it's honestly, mutual. The, that's really the point of this like yeah. all these places i'm not making any money on it so like i'm bringing i'm bringing attention to the cause through their platform bringing business because i want to support restaurants especially post like covid like yeah. i wanted to support restaurants and bars um and bring them attention and you know we uh you know i get to build some really cool relationships i have met so many amazing people throughout the year that have treated me you know people call me chef now that's blowing my mind like yeah, that's you know chef cool. that's chef, when you know you've made it chef yeah. sarah walked out and she's like hey chef i'm like I'm not, I'm not chef. She's like, no, you're a chef. <laughs> you like, are, man. You're a yeah, chef. you got it. So think, it was, think it was, of all the cuisines you've covered. I've done everything. I just have fun, man. Yeah. I like. I'm not reinventing. It's weird. I'm not reinventing the wheel with. I mean, maybe besides a pizza, but like, <laughs> a lot of the food I do, I try to make fun food. But like, I think I'm actually making like good food, and I will take ideas that maybe existed, but then I'll put personal spins. Like, you know, I had a breakfast sandwich at Split Rail. Yeah. And it was one of their better selling collabs. They ran it for a couple months. They extended it because it did so well. And it was a, I, I called it, middle, it was my Jordanian breakfast sandwich. It was a Middle Eastern inspired breakfast. Um, so it was like an English muffin that they make in house. Um, and then I had lebna, seared halloumi, azatar fried egg, um, harissa mayo, and then um, some pickled onions, sumac pickled onions. Damn and mm. she was like this is spectacular i'm like yeah it's just like it's weird it was just kind of like little things i had you know as a kid that i never really like liked as a kid yeah but as an adult now like i love and i was mm -hmm. like kind of cool little hat tip to my parents and yeah yeah it was really good like the d rose sandwich i did it's just it's a chopped cheese sandwich you know classic new york sandwich but i wanted to give it you know a chicago spin and i added jardinera and uh, i made a mild sauce mayo and it like it just worked um I just like I said, just having fun with the stuff, and um, you know, just want to keep it, keep it going. But like, yeah, the Goose Island, that burger did so well in October. They ran it again in November, and you know, they're gonna donate probably close to twelve thousand dollars. Wow, that's in, awesome. In just in a couple months, and uh, they actually even followed up. Like they loved what I was doing. They're like, why don't you make? Would you want to make pizzas for our Bourbon County release day on Black Friday? We'll we can set you up. We'll pay for your ingredients. We'll. I made 20 tavern style pizzas and they just gave them away to just for free for people that were drinking Unperhaps at the tavern. Awesome. Yeah. But um, I was there the and I was day. like, yeah, it was like, holy shit. Like this is, I'm at Bourbon County Real Estate and my, my pizza is the one. And they gave <laughs> yeah. me the microphone and I don't think they realized I was comfortable. Like you want to make an announcement. So I went on and I got everybody kind of hyped up and it, I thought I was going to get like Lion King. Like I thought it was like the like the, the angry mob was coming toward me. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Mufasa right now. Um because everybody's running at me trying to get pizza. But that was just like a moment. I got in my car after I left and I'm like I don't process things in real time. I, I usually just yeah, go, yeah, go, go. Same. And I'm like, holy shit, this is like crazy. Like everything is so crazy. But then I really think about the big picture is like, you know, I hope that I'm inspiring people. I think I am. 
You definitely um, are, man. And I think that also tells the story about taking a chance. If I didn't take, I had a little little crack of a door open when Derek was like, "Hey, you know," I asked him if we named the pizza and do it for charity. Um, I didn't have to do that. I, yeah. I was scared. I didn't. I always said I never. I wanted to speak out when I got diagnosed. I told my girlfriend. I said, "Rachel, I want. I want to speak out about this one day. I would love to be an advocate, but like, I don't want to be this bullshit advocate who acts like he's happy when he's miserable." Yeah. yeah. And I learned in the past year. I was. I. I likened myself to Harvey Dent from from Batman. Um, half of me was in the public eye, speaking out every day, doing goodwill. The other half was very nervous and was scared about falling and adjusting to new life mm-hmm. and. This whole process here has helped me fuse those two sides together and understand it's okay to accept help. It's okay to use a cane. You know, I started it's using okay that cane. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay, yes, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask for help. And, I, and I've been public about this. I would share these posts and share those words I just shared with you now to the world and say, listen, I took the picture one day. I had that cane. I went to the Logan Square Arts Fest. I had it in my hand. I'm like, I'm going to go today. I need to use a cane for the first time in public. I'm ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah. I'm going somewhere where I think I may know people. I may know friends or friends of friends who are probably going to see me. And I need to get over the mental anxiety of a mental hurdle being in public with a cane at you know at a youngish age. And I did it. And I said, you know what? I'm making it me. And so my cane has a bird on it. And I've... I've, I have multiple canes. I have another one that has like a, a telescope that pops out of it. Like I just, I, <laughs> and one with a shank. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's if somebody messes with my dog, then I go yeah. full John Wick on everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I made that part of me. And then even like the vulnerability about you know, I have a permanent disability now. Like I told when we walked in, I said, oh, stairs aren't my best friends, and yeah. like, I just had to go upstairs really slowly. Like I had to apply for a handicap placard because I, I need it. I am afraid. I'm terrified of the winter. When the winter coming here oh, and ice, yeah. I'm scared. So like, but that was a big thing. I took me for a, a year to like apply for this placard, which I can easily get because I, I you know. I think that would have been the first thing I'd do. I know so many people <laughs> said that, but then but then I feel like if you're in the situation, it's like a pride thing. Yeah, into yeah it. And I didn't want to do it, but now I did. You know, I I did it, and I I realized it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be different. It's okay to have issues, and you know we're all in this. Sh- we're all in this shit together. Totally, and people yeah. like to help, and it's yeah. a testament to the food industry too. 100%. I mean, everyone stepped up. Everybody's amazing. I, I really, I have not. No one has ever said no. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. Well, it's been uh, an incredible story. I think we got to go into the gratuity round. If you're ready. Let's knock it out. All right. Death row meal. Death Row Meal, Sausage and Jardinera, uh, Tavern Style Pizza. Are these from specific places or just, no, just the general, say, say general? The best version of these. Yeah, so it's just, I need that. Like, if I'm going to have Death Row Meal, I'm going to have that on the side. That's the appetizer. I'm just going to have a few slices. Okay. Um, then I need a ribeye steak, uh, medium, and uh, some frites. So steak frites. Okay. Then That's a hell sauce. of a meal. Yeah, and then give me a, give me a Toronto cocktail on the side. and. Uh, What's a Toronto cocktail? Let's see if Danny knows it. Put you on the spot with a mouthful of pizza. Yeah, it's a classic Tim. It's a rye <laughs> drink with fernet and a little bit of sugar. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's all. That's I, that's my favorite. Co- that's my favorite cocktail. Um, and I, I get excited when I see it actually on menus of places. But yeah, give me a Toronto, and then uh, yeah, just give me some piece of chocolate after I'll be happy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Close it off. Uh, dark chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Like, obviously. Yeah, what are we talking about here? All right. Favorite hidden gem restaurant. Favorite hidden gem. Um. not even a hidden gem anymore but like i mean jt's genuine is spectacular like everything everything chris does there it's a sandwich shop but everything is so it's special it's i i think it's a hidden gem just necessarily because where it's located um but it's it's known now it's on lists and such but yeah. like i still consider that do you have a go-to dish there they're pork and greens that's yeah great yeah that's like a philly like a philly staple i think that's the only thing i've had there right the roast pork you went what do you get i remember I you went. got that too yeah um, all right, favorite fast food. Fast food. Um, Do you have a Taco Bell collab coming down the pipe? Yeah, the cheesy, <laughs> the cheesy Billy Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I, can, I, have, I have dumb names for everything. I would love to get it out there. Um, let's see. Favorite fast food item in general is a Popeyes fried chicken sandwich. There's yeah. nothing like that's, the new one. Yeah, the like, new one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that one's my, that's go to. I would say that's the best. I've never had. I've never had In and Out, okay, and I know every like that's like the that's the, the the most hyped one. I I'm think. glad you brought that up because I know well I know you're from LA <laughs> and I, I'm assuming it's like well, I was in Vegas for Thanksgiving and I went to In and Out and I texted Danny I'm like these fries are trash yeah the burgers okay I did the double double animal style um, but yeah it's, it's fine I mean, right you're gonna put that up against uh, Culver's get out of here yeah. yeah it's definitely it is definitely the best of the fast food burgers. <laughs> Just, he says meekly into the microphone. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say Popeye's chicken sandwich. But honestly, you said Culver's. I forgot about Culver's. Culver's Cul- is awesome. The best. Yeah, Culver's is so good. So, Thank yeah, I would, do, I would go with that. All right. What is your dream food collab? Shooting for the stars. Um, Man. Other than Doug, I guess. Yeah. I want to do one with Turkey and the Wolf so bad. It's not, yeah. even, it's not even in town. Yeah. I, re- I really... Have you talked to Mason on, like, through IG or anything? Not yet. I've, I've DM'd him before. I haven't mentioned it. But since I've done something at Big Kids, I've talked to Stefan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that like, seems hey, like a pretty easy... Yeah, I think I think it may happen now. I think that's what... He's a, fun, he's just, a fun dude. It seems like it would just be a blast. Um, I think that would be one of them. And then locally, uh, I would really love to do something with Rosemary one day. With oh, Joe yeah. Flam. Flam. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good answers. I think we could put you in touch. Oh, that would be awesome. Well, what's your favorite spirit? Uh, I love Amaro's. Um, big time Amaro guy. Um, I love Fernet. Um, but you just to tell me if I could just like give me a, a, a really good bourbon so I can have a good, you know, old fashioned. Uh, Do you have a favorite bourbon? Um, honestly, I kind of like just Four Roses. I've, I've yeah. always kind of been. I'm not like not. not I'm not like the yellow bourbon. label or like the single barrels or what? The single barrel. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's, That's a solid, solid choice. Yeah, it's a good solid. All right, what trivia category would you dominate? <laughs> 90s NBA? Yeah. yeah. I, or I Simpsons. I could have guessed that. Oh, really? Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons. Oh, Canyon Arrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. If you want to do a whole other podcast yeah, dedicated he brought up, to Simpsons. We're going to put he you on the spot three and you do, uh, the other day. here's my vest. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, my, see my vest? Yeah, see my vest. Uh, mm-hmm. right, we won't go down that rabbit hole. We have I've been words. talking with, with, with the World, world it's like Cup I'm going on. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. With the World Cup going on, I keep just I keep 
speaking to myself through the, the promo where they have soccer coming to Springfield, like, Bariaga, Ariaga 2, Bariaga. <laughs> I sang Ivan at Niaj to Tim once, and I think he didn't remember what it was from. Yeah, no, I had to have you explain that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I think you probably covered this, but to what do you attribute your success? Um, I would say uh, the work ethic more than anything. My parents, yeah. uh, like I mentioned before, blood of an immigrant. Like I just hustle. I, I like to work hard, and I don't want anything let anything stop me. You know, I'm not going to let a disease hold me back. Yeah. I'm just going to like push through it. And you know, a lot of the stuff looks different now. You know, I didn't even mention this, but I started. I I got bullied by my 16-year-old nephew. I'd leave it to him to do it because uh, teen- teenagers scare the hell out of me. Um, but he plays high school basketball, and I went to watch him play one night just like a, they, him and my older brother would rent the gym. And I watched him play, and he's like, why don't you come see if you can shoot? Like, I know you can just shoot free throws. I know you can't jump or anything, but try it. Like, you work out still. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. He's like, come on. What's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. So I went out there, and I tried. I made nine in a row, like right off the bat after Damn. not touching a ball in eight years. And wow. And I'm like, holy shit, wait, what? And mm-hmm. so I even I even took a, like, I'll show you a video before we leave. I took a three, and I, it, it took me five times, but I made one out of five. And I'm like, I made a three without drunk, without jumping. And I'm like, holy shit, wait, if somebody just rebounds for me, I can, like, that's something. I, I don't care. If I could just shoot free throws, yeah. I'll do it. And so I started doing that. I had my, my, one of my friends would go to the park with me in the summer, and I like, well, I learned this, like, not until September. I wish I would wish I would pick this up earlier. But I found a park and I started shooting a lot. And um, I even uh, I did this thing for September 30th was was Global Limb Girdle Muscular Dystrophy Day. And and as I want to do a special fundraiser, I want to do something a little different and not do something food related. Mm. So I decided to do a live stream and I shot 100 free throws and I asked people to donate a dollar for every one I made. And I nice. made 53 out of 100, and I, I raised 1600 bucks. That's awesome. Um, and now I actually want to start, besides the food, I actually want to start trying to get maybe sports back involved and yeah, like cool. get, that, you know, get that platform out there, too. So. Nice. All right, and then last question here. Sure. What is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? Oh, uh, working with influencers. I can't, I can't handle, uh, I, I have, yeah, I can't, um, I, I don't like food, uh, I, I don't like food bloggers. Uh, I, I can't stand it. Like, I just, I don't like the one, I, I shouldn't, I, I don't want to typecast everybody into that category. I'm sure there's some that are, you know, do good stuff, but the ones that are out there just to try to get a free meal and not really supporting the restaurant and then put bullshit stuff out there totally. and saying you like they i like this and it's just sponsored yeah you paid for it somebody hate it. somebody posted yeah. about that recently and they're it. like get the fuck out of here with that i hate it i just yeah, come on yeah. like you should be if you like food that much and you call yourself a foodie you should be supporting this restaurant yeah. and i understand it's a hustle yeah, you now make more money. than ever do, totally yeah do, do your thing make you know be creative but like i don't know i don't think some of these people really are that like and i hear them speak and they talk about like you know how you know, they start trouble with their analytics and their BS. I'm like, come on, you just you have an iPhone. You took a cool picture, big deal. Like you took a yeah. close up of, uh, <laughs> of a bunch of cheese hanging off a cheeseburger. I'm sorry, that's a uh, another podcast, I guess. So uh, that's my that's my hot take. I can't All stand right. for bloggers. Yeah, well, very good. Appreciate well, the insights, yeah. Billy Z. Thanks so much. Thank for you guys. Yeah, thank you guys for, for having here. me. Um, and everybody's out there and they wanna. You know, follow me on Instagram, the real Billy Z. You can see where I'm at. Hopefully, the website coming soon. And then, if you want to make a donation to the MDA, um, in my bio, there's a little link tree. Um, I have my fun uh, donation fundraiser. So if you, cool. uh, you know, if you want to make a donation to the charity, you have the means. I'd appreciate it. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll link it on the episode. That's yeah, awesome. Well. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for the platform. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. And. 
concludes our conversation with Billy Zuricott, also known as Tripping Billy. As always, you can find us on Instagram at JoinersPod, where we throw up throwback photos of each guest, as well as specialty cocktails designed by our very own Danny Shapiro of Scofflaw Group. Oh, yeah. Um, and this week, we encourage you to check out Muscular Dystrophy Association, also known as MDA. They are the number one voluntary health organization in the U.S. for people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and related neuromuscular diseases. We'll put up a link probably on our uh, on our Instagram just so you can learn more about this and uh, support a good cause. Thanks for listening. And remember, this episode was produced by Matt Haddock and Teo Haddock. Music by Captain Cuts. Mm-hmm.